Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Story time. Honestly, I don't know how much Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit juvederm.com. That's j u v e d e r m.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for fifteen dollars a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. Mintmobile. dot com slash switch. Upfront payment of forty five dollars, equivalent to fifteen dollars per month, unlimited over forty gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at four eighty p. Active Mint customers by five thirty one twenty four get six months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May thirty first, twenty twenty four. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. I believe in cryptids, but my mother once told me a story. It involves my great-great-grandmother and her neighbor, essentially her boyfriend. Later in life after her husband passed away, the story was shared with my mother by this neighbor when he was still young. According to the neighbor, he and his friends were playing a game of hide and seek one day. It was a typical day in the 1910s. As he found a hiding spot, 
nestled away from his seeking friends, something strange caught his eye. From the corner of his hiding spot, he saw a sight that would forever be etched into his memory. A long, white creature emerged from a sewer drain, moving on all fours with an uncanny grace. Its form was unlike anything he had ever seen before. It seemed to possess a certain alien quality. Curiosity overwhelmed him as he watched the creature intently. It crawled with an eerie precision, almost as if it knew it was being observed. Without warning, it disappeared into another nearby sewer drain, leaving the young boy in a state of both awe and confusion. As my mother relayed this story to me, I couldn't help but be intrigued. The image of this mysterious creature crawling through the sewers lingered in my mind. What do you all think? And before you start, mother would never lie to me. A camp instructor I once had was mountain biking or camping somewhere in Canada with a mate of hers. It was up in the mountains in a really remote place, so she's biking around and they decide to set up camp in a clearing up on the trail. They see the clearing is perfectly round and the trees surround it so they can't see out. They're chilling making noodles near the tent as the sun's setting and they see, around 10 to 15, people have surrounded them. The people are wearing dark robes and, apparently, something similar to HP Death Eater masks. The masked people start stepping in in unison and get closer and closer to them. They start freaking the F out and screaming at them to stop, then get on their bikes and kick some of the people away and ride down the mountain as fast as they can. They come across a cabin and start banging on the door and a dude, a hunter of some sort, comes out. They explain the situation and he radios his buddies to go check it out with him act. Turns out that place is a high action cult area and there has been missing persons and people taken by cults. Oh and when the hunter got there all the tent and stuff was taken. I live in western North Carolina in a very secluded area. We have bears, we have seen coyote, deer even cougar on a tree cam, bobcats what I am saying is I am familiar with the animals in the woods around me and I know that what I saw was not an animal. One night about midnight or so our animals were acting very strange. The chickens were awake and squawking, the cats were up on the roof of the buildings or under them and growling, the dogs were whimpering and whining backing into the corners. So my son and I went to check just what was scaring them. He walked the property checking the pens and looking for anything. So we get to the back of the property where we have a utility path cut through to the mountain ridge. This path is about 6 foot wide and cuts along the top edge of a gully. Well about 30 foot from where we are standing is something. Darkish figure that is standing on two legs way taller than any man. It turned its head and looked at us in a way that made me feel threatened. The eyes shine blue in the flashlight beam. It looked at us and then turned and walked down into the deep gully. I have no idea what it was but my son and I both saw it and it was not an animal or a man. I swear to you, what I'm about to share is a true story. I work at NASA, and for obvious reasons, I need to remain anonymous. Let's just call me Randy, after the legendary guitarist Randy Rhodes. I've always been drawn to the mysteries of the universe, 
and little did I know that one fateful day, my life would take a mind-boggling turn. It was during a routine space mission, monitoring the vastness of space from the control room, when something extraordinary happened. As I gazed at the screens displaying data from distant planets, my eyes widened in disbelief. There, amidst the black void, appeared an object that defied explanation. At first, I thought it was a computer glitch. But curiosity got the better of me, and I couldn't resist investigating further. As I zoomed in on the object using the cameras, my heart skipped a beat. It was no trick of the light or fabrication. Right before my eyes, the object revealed itself to be a highly advanced extraterrestrial spacecraft. Words fail me as I attempt to describe its appearance. The craft had a sleek, metallic exterior, with a silvery sheen that seemed to shimmer in the distant starlight. Its shape was unlike anything I had ever seen, a combination of smooth curves and sharp angles that defied conventional aerodynamics. Mysterious symbols adorned its surface, symbols that were alien to any known language. Fighting the urge to panic, I knew I had to document this unprecedented encounter. I grabbed my camera and snapped as many photographs of the UFO as I could. Every detail was essential. I watched in awe as the craft maneuvered effortlessly through the cosmos, defying our understanding of propulsion systems. There were no visible rockets, no conventional means of propulsion. It simply glided through space, defying the laws of physics. Just as I thought the encounter couldn't get any more bewildering, the unimaginable happened. In an instant, the craft vanished before my eyes, as if it had never been there. I was left dumbfounded, my mind racing to comprehend the enormity of what I had witnessed. Filled with a mix of awe, disbelief, and a hint of fear, I immediately contacted my supervisor. Trembling, I recounted the entire encounter, from the initial sighting to the abrupt disappearance of the UFO. The gravity of the situation was palpable as my supervisor arrived, his expression a mixture of concern and secrecy. As he examined the photographs I had taken, he urged me to keep this encounter strictly confidential. He emphasized the potential impact on the public, the fear and chaos it could incite. I was instructed not to share my experience with anyone, not even my closest colleagues. My discovery was to remain hidden from the world. Still reeling from the surreal events of the day, I returned home, my mind swirling with questions and uncertainties. I couldn't shake the feeling that the truth needed to be revealed, that humanity deserved to know. Fueled by a sense of responsibility, I decided to take matters into my own hands. And that's why I'm here, sharing my account with you Horror Den. Anonymity provides a shield of protection, allowing me to reveal the truth without risking my career or the stability of society. This story must be told, and it's up to those who hear it to decide what to make of it. Remember, this is not fiction. This is my first-hand experience, and it has forever changed my perception of the cosmos. I'm a park ranger here in the Northern Cascades. I frequently respond to emergencies, search and rescue, and also do some law enforcement work myself. This summer, I was working on a trail crew about 20 miles from the husband campground. I dropped back a few hundred yards from the crew to relieve myself, 
and I noticed a large, sickly sweet odor in the air. It kind of smelled like bare feces, but it was different. As I stood there, I heard crunching twigs from down the trail, and that's when I saw this large dark figure walking upright in my direction. I turned and began to hide behind a tree. As I turned back to look, it was maybe only about 10 feet away. It was black, a bit shorter than I, with no visible neck that I could see. It stopped at the tree I was hiding behind, sniffing the air with its nose pointing up. I could not see any visible eyes. I was rooted to the spot in fear and could not physically move a muscle. And then, it turned around and walked away casually in the same manner it had arrived. I stood there for a few more minutes to see if it would circle back around, and then ran back to my crew. I refused to tell anybody what I'd seen. I hope nobody has to experience such a thing. Greetings, I hate to be a bother, but I have a story to tell. Please do not think my mind is going from the many stories you all hear, and bear with me that this is very hard for me to do, although I believe it needs to be said. Last summer, on July 4, 2017, around 10 p.m. at night, I was driving home from my family cookout. Late at night, I was also off duty. It was about 11 p.m. near the swamps by this point, and I live in Gulfport, Mississippi. What I saw, a figure up ahead on the side of the road, caught my attention. As I got closer, what I thought was a normal man, I soon realized that this was not the case. It stood over 8 feet tall, long legs and arms that reached down below its knees. It had dark scales all over its body, but most notable were its hands, which hosted four fingers each with long claws. The most bizarre thing, though, was its head, which appeared more like an iguana or a dinosaur than a human being. Upon seeing this strange creature, I slammed on my brakes in total shock, not knowing what to make of what I was looking at. It didn't take long, though, before I became aware of my presence as it quickly turned its head looking directly at me with glowing yellow eyes and some sort of light that seemed to emit from within its skull. And then, it began walking towards my vehicle as if trying to scare me or intimidate me to leave. In a panic, I reached for my gun, which was on the seat next to me, quickly aiming it at the creature's head, not knowing if shooting this thing would kill it or not, but wanting to stop whatever this thing was in hopes it would just leave. As soon as I took aim, this thing let out a nasty growl and came rushing at me with great speed. Seeing this thing moving so quickly, I was overwhelmed with fear, slamming my foot on the gas as fast as I could. The last thing I remember is seeing in my rearview mirror if it was going to give chase, but instead, it just turned around and kept going back into the marsh. I don't know how long it took me to get home that night, but all I knew is that at the time, whatever the creature was, Satan himself couldn't have been any more evil looking. I went home immediately after and told my family what had happened, but of course, they didn't believe a word of it. There were no tracks or anything else to prove the encounter ever happened. However, about a week went by, and I could swear I smelled that same deathly stench coming from the swamps when I drove by again, but no sign of it. So, I just dismissed it all, thinking it was a trick being played by my mind. I've watched a couple of your encounters on your YouTube, 
hoping to find any proof of anything that might explain what happened to me that night. But after a while, you just learn and let it go. Until this past spring, one of our own deputies told me he had an encounter with one of these creatures in the swamps himself back in 2015. He said that he had seen something covered in mud running through the brush, trying to hide, only then to turn its head at him before turning around and disappearing into thin air. He also said that shortly after seeing whatever this thing was, his cruiser's engine gave out, along with metal bending, that he had to have the thing towed back into town. I don't know if there's any truth to what we saw, but I'm not taking my chances, and I will pray every night before going to sleep for the Lord and Savior to keep me safe from whatever we might have encountered out there in the swamps. Last year, in June 2022, 17 cats went missing from my ranch. I have a private rescue providing heated cat hotels, food, a lake, seven stall stables, and medical care for 35 to 45 cats. We have bears and mountain lions, and deer too, all wild. This is on the Kentucky or Tennessee state line. One morning, last August, my German Shepherd and I started our morning walk when a vomit-inducing stench crossed trail winds. It was a horrid smell of urine, dead rotting flesh, and feces. My dog started growling as we approached the end of our 29-foot camper in the driveway. Then he went nuts, charging against his leash, barking, jumping four to five feet in the air, in front of us. Then he pinned his shoulder to my knee and pulled me to the left, then back to center, then back to right, back to center, the whole time staring up at a 45-degree angle. The hair on my neck raised up and I pulled my 45 caliber pistol for a possible shot from the hip, I practice hip shooting a lot. I noticed with the barrel pointed out it was level with the ground, but when I pointed it to where the dog's nose was pointed and it was 8 to 9 feet above the ground. I have trained most of my life to remain calm during a crisis. Noting how high the muzzle was pointed, the stench, my dog's behavior, and my location I thought I may be looking at a cloaked Bigfoot, invisible to humans but not to dogs. I began talking to it in a calm slow baritone command voice. I told it I was tired of it killing my cats. My cats were my kids, feeding them, housing them, giving them meds, and protecting them was my job. If it didn't stop using them as snacks I would kill him. I don't want to kill you but I will, I said. Stop killing my cats. There are a lot more humans than there are of your type. How would you like to be hunted down? As I finished, my dog sat but continued to stare nine feet off of the ground. Soon, the stench was gone and my dog relaxed. Over the next couple of months, I began to see rabbits, skunks, deer, and coyotes, and my cats stopped disappearing. I'm a retired airline pilot, and former special forces soldier, and worked for 10 years as a police officer. I live near Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I'm a believer. I'm very late to this post, but I thought I'd share anyways. I am in the Navy and, at the time of this anecdote, I was part of a security detachment for a freighter off the coast of Iran. It was a few hours into my watch, probably around one on a gun mount, 
When a small fishing vessel near the horizon starts beaming our ship with a high-powered laser pointer. This is actually a pretty common occurrence in the area, but I reported to my superior to make sure they were aware. About two or three minutes later, I look back over to where the vessel was to check on it and it's gone. It was the middle of the night in the ocean, but my naked eye should have picked up the boat with relative ease. I put on my night vision goggles and scan the same area forward of the ship. Nothing. Literally, nothing. No vessel, no stars, no horizon, just nothing. I felt like I was tired, perhaps my night watch was getting to my head. I took off the goggles and did some jumping jacks and push-ups for a few minutes and took another look. That's when I saw it, an impending wall of grey, no start, no beginning, just grey. Fog. Heavy, thick fog, thicker than any fog I've ever seen. Within moments every metal surface was coated in mist, I could not see more than 20 or so feet in any direction. It was eerie, the civilians piloting the ship didn't use any horns or anything, we just sailed through the dense cloud. I couldn't even see the water, my only perception of speed was the thick mist moving past me. Luckily, nothing happened, but when you are standing an armed watch on a big freighter near Iran, in waters that have had reports of pirates, and your most important sense is taken away from you. I couldn't help but imagine what could happen as we moved through that dense fog for, what seemed like, 20 minutes. A friend of mine and I have been experiencing strange things as of late, the past week or so. My first potential encounter with this thing happened seven years ago, but in the past week, my friend and I have experienced some terrifying phenomena, climaxing at what he saw earlier today. The story is pretty long, so I'll hurry this up. It starts around seven years ago, I was camping with my family in northern Michigan. The campsite was near a large lake, so we went swimming often. I looked across the lake and saw a large white figure moving on the other side. It was around 8 feet tall, had no fur, walked upright, and had no visible facial features. The moment I saw it, it ran into the woods. This was my first encounter. The story picks up around a week ago when my friend was in his house home alone with his dog. It was around 11 p.m., he was in his bedroom when he heard his mother's voice speaking to his recently deceased dog. His other living dog appeared to hear the voice as well. His mother was at work, so it could not have been her, and the dog to whom the voice was referring had died around four weeks beforehand. After this comes my second experience. I was reading in my room when my mother's voice called for me to come to the living room. The sound was accompanied by what sounded like someone walking in my living room. The only people home at the time were me and my brothers, who were asleep in their room, so I panicked and locked my door. Nothing happened for the rest of the night. The next day, my mother came into my room, asking me what I wanted. I was confused as I did not call her name. After I explained this, she appeared shocked, nearly certain that my voice had come from my bedroom. And finally, earlier today, my friend was walking his dog, when he heard a rustling noise in a nearby sewer. Thinking that it was a raccoon, he walked over and looked into the drain. What was staring back up at him was a creature that he described as completely white, bald, thin, 
humanoid, and had no facial features, no eyes, anything. It looked around 9 feet tall, but it was hard to tell due to its crouched position. After a few seconds, the creature dashed away into the sewer at an incredibly high speed. My friend then immediately called me and explained the situation, which led us to write this post. We would like to know if we are in any danger from this creature, and if so, how to protect ourselves from it. As well as what this creature may be. Good morning, as I sit reading this article, it amazes me that no one caught one of these things yet. I understand that if something with a 25 to 30 feet wingspan flies past you, you're not going to grab your camera as a first instinct. My son and I saw this thing in the summer of 2010 in Mertztown, Pennsylvania. We were parked on the side of the road in a heavily wooded area when this thing casually glided up the road. It looked big enough to carry a full-grown man away with no effort. When the wing thing flew over the hood of my car, we instantly ducked down. This thing had a round human-sized head with no beak and huge bat-like wings. Now I would never tell this story if it wasn't for my 16-year-old son sitting in the backseat who also witnessed it on that summer day. I'm a pretty capable guy, not too many things can shake me, but this thing scared me. Here is what I saw, the body was 5 to 6 feet in length accessible, the wingspan was 25 to 30 feet easy, no feathers, bat-like skin, jet black, and a 4 to 5 feet skinny, rat or dragon, like tail that stuck straight out. This thing didn't fly like a bird, it glided about 10 feet off the ground at a plodding speed. After 50 to 75 feet of gliding, it took one huge flap of the wings, never changing elevation, and glided up the road till it disappeared into the woods. I'm convinced this thing lives underground, probably near some sort of hot spring because it has no feathers. Well, that's my story. Feel free to reply with any questions, that 45 second event will forever be etched into memory. I say we find it and catch it, I would love to see it again up close. So this is something that I'm still experiencing to this day. Like, literally as I'm typing this. I'm just gonna start at the beginning. I live in a rural area surrounded by woods and that's about it. A few years after moving here, me and my bother started hearing things in the woods at night. It started off just sounding like an animal until we both heard what sounded like a little girl saying hello. When looking around with my father, no one was found. This continued for years, but never to this extent. A few months ago I was walking home from taking up the trash. It was around 9pm and dark. As I walked, I could hear something following me in the woods next to me. I assumed it was just a squirrel or something until I heard laughing directly in my ear. Loud. I was unable to run due to a mild leg injury at the time so I just called my mom as I walked home. Nothing else happened that night. After that, our dogs would start barking like crazy every night at around that same time. Then, starting a few months ago, this thing started trying to imitate our dogs. We always let the dogs in at 7 p.m., and around 9 p.m. the barking would start. The barking in question though is very obvious not natural. It is almost human-like and follows a strict pattern. Bark, 
one second, bark bark, three seconds, and repeats for about 30 minutes before stopping. Once stopping, there will be taps and scratching on my window for a few minutes before everything stops completely and returns to normal. No one else in my house really cares as much as I do and I know I'm probably overreacting. There is probably a decent explanation to this but for now, I'm going to assume it's some sort of skinwalker or crawler. I'm an ecologist, used to work as an environmental monitor for some pretty remote mining operations here in Australia. Long back country driving, taking water samples upstream and downstream of the mine. That sort of thing. Most field days you're looking at about a 12-14 hour day and you're unlikely to see another human being the entire time. During the shorter daylight months I'd often be starting and finishing work in the dark. About a month into the job I noticed when driving down the roads through the scrub after sunset there were all these little glimmering reflections on the road and in the grass. As if there were lots of little specks of broken glass reflecting back my vehicle spotlights. After a seeing this every evening for a couple of months I decided to find out what it was, got out of the truck, walked over to one and realized it was the reflecting eyes of a spider, coming out begin their night's hunt. I must have passed millions of them before finding out what they were. I don't know too much about the full extent of the sighting, but back in 2001 my dad worked for a farming company and had to help in building a new grain silo. He said that while he was working, he kept getting the feeling he and the others were being watched. He happened to glance up at a tree line close by while grabbing a panel and said he saw something thin and pale staring at him. It didn't make any noise, and most definitely wasn't an albino deer or a goat. He kept eye contact with it for about 30 seconds before it backed away and disappeared. He didn't talk about it, but when he and the others went to lunch, one of them brought up that alien looking F and my dad said he'd been so bewildered by it that he didn't know what to call it. In my local area, we've had several paranormal events, aliens which I have a hard time believing, our own Bigfoot called Murfreesboro Mud Monster, the Enfield Horror, Whistlers, Native Spirits, Thunderbirds that sort of stuff. My dad only recently told me about this, and I've been searching for what it was called. I definitely think he saw a crawler, and possibly a young one since it seemed like it was insanely curious. But I dunno. What does everyone here think? My daughter, who was 11 years old at the time, was visiting my parents for the weekend during the summer. They own 55 acres in the woods in northern Michigan. Most of the property near the home is cleared, roughly about 7 acres, the rest has sporadic trees here and there until you get to the back 8 acres. Before it gets dark they like to sit out on their screened-in porch and watch the deer come out to eat, which was done this night. The plan was to wait till the sun went down so she could practice riding her CT200 Coleman bike. It is a small bike that only went 20 miles per hour, and it had a decent headlight on it, so it was good for the cleared trails on the property. While her and my dad were sitting on the porch, just before sunset, my daughter was watching the open field for deer. But instead, she seen something that looked like a white dog moving very slowly. 
It was roughly 200 yards away from them, and she said Grandpa. What is that? He looked and he looked very confused. My dad is a man who has grown up in the woods, he knows every animal and everything possible about where they live. He told her it looked like it could have been a white coyote, it had a similar size, but it didn't look like any coyote he had seen. The body of the creature was very thin, almost bone skinny and didn't have a tail. He went and quickly grabbed the binoculars from inside the house, he looked and he said it looks really deformed, like a deformed pit bull. It's facing away, so I can't really see its face. It left view and they continued sitting there waiting for dark. When the sun set, my dad made sure to tell her not to go fast, because riding at night was something new. He knew that she knew the lay of the land well, but was worried since it was her first time doing laps night riding. When he was done with his safety brief, she took off. As she was riding her way around the property, she had a weird feeling of being watched. But she pushed those thoughts to the side because she assumed it was nerves on top of it being dark in the woods. As she rounded the corner to the straightaway with her light shining down the path, the light from her bike reflected back two eyes. She slowed her bike down, thinking it was a coyote or a deer. As she came slowly closer, she realized it was white. She was frozen in a panic when she realized that this was the creature she and my dad seen in the field. Only this time she was just feet away. The creature was facing her and she was able to clearly see its head this time. It was crouching with its long skinny arms hanging down against its side. It had the head of a human, a human dying of malnutrition. It had a huge chest and its rib cage was very prominent. What she thought was white fur was skin. It had white skin with gray undertones, it looked like death. Its eyes were half the size of its head and completely reflected the light from her bike. She was still riding towards it, unable to react due to being frozen in fear. The creature's mouth then became clear. It was really big and unnatural. As she got closer, she started to realize that this creature was very tall, tall like my dad who is six foot three. She said the long skinny arms that hung down to its sides had human-like hands. She started to feel sick and woozy. Then, she snapped out of it, turned the bike around and headed back to the house as fast as the bike went. One night, a few years ago, my aunt and I were driving down a familiar road we had traveled countless times before. It was a typical evening. Nothing out of the ordinary, until something caught my attention. Out of the corner of my eye, I glimpsed a fleeting figure darting across the road and disappearing into the woods. I couldn't shake off the strangeness of what I had just witnessed. The creature I saw was unlike anything I had encountered before. It was smaller in size, hunched over, with a grayish complexion and sparse hair. The way it moved reminded me of a chimpanzee or some kind of primate. Instantly, I knew it wasn't a raccoon or any other familiar animal that I was accustomed to seeing in the area. Living on the east coast, I was accustomed to the local wildlife and had seen my fair share of creatures in the region. However, this sighting was completely out of the ordinary. The image of that peculiar creature lingered in my mind, and I couldn't help but wonder what it could have been. I immediately shared my observation with my aunt expressing my bewilderment at the sight we had just witnessed. 
She, too, was taken aback by the strangeness of the encounter. It was clear that this was no ordinary animal crossing our path that night. In the years that followed, I kept an eye out during my travels, hoping to catch another glimpse of that mysterious creature. However, it seemed that the sighting was a singular event, a fleeting encounter with an enigmatic being. Despite my curiosity, I never came across anything similar again. To this day, the memory of that night remains etched in my mind. I often find myself pondering the nature of the creature I saw and the mystery surrounding its existence. Was it a rare and elusive species that had managed to remain hidden from human eyes? Or perhaps it was a creature from folklore, venturing into our world for a brief moment. While I may never know the true identity of the creature I encountered that night, the experience has left me with a sense of wonder and an appreciation for the unknown. It serves as a reminder that there are still mysteries waiting to be unraveled, even in the familiar landscapes we think we know so well. So, as I continue my journeys and explore the world around me, I keep my senses sharp, ready to embrace the unexpected and embrace the possibility of encountering something extraordinary. Who knows what other secrets the night may hold, just beyond the reach of our ordinary perceptions. In the summer of 2009, my girlfriend and I were on our yearly camping trip with her mom, dad, and her brother and his wife. That year the six of us had traveled north from where we lived near Albany, New York to a campground in the Adirondack Mountains. It was a small campground but they did have full cabins there as well as sites for both our versus and tents. My girlfriend's parents rented one of the cabins for a week and we planned to set up a tent for ourselves just outside of the cabin. We had left after work on a Friday. We ate dinner when we got there and hung out by the fire pit. The six of us talked about all sorts of things. It was a great first night. We were all tired though so we headed to bed at about 9.30. We'd been up since 5 a.m. that morning having worked a full day, so we were all pretty tired. The moon was full so there was plenty of light around but not enough to see details beyond 20 feet or so. I pitched our tent relatively close to the cabin. My girlfriend's brother and his wife pitched their tent on the far side of the cabin about 50 feet away. About an hour later after falling asleep I was awoken by my girlfriend who had said she heard something outside our tent but couldn't see anything out the mesh window. She thought it sounded like heavy footsteps walking through leaves and twigs as it moved around our site. We were near the center of the campground where there weren't too many trees. I listened a bit but could barely lift my head since I was so tired. I didn't hear anything so I told her not to worry and that whatever it was would probably move on soon. It was probably just some forest animal checking out our scent. I instantly went back to sleep but I woke up again when she nudged me awake a few minutes later saying that whatever it was had moved closer. She said that she could hear breathing outside the tent and felt like something was looking at her through the mesh window. I reluctantly gave in and woke myself up to check out what might be going on. I told her not to move as I slowly unzipped the flap of our tent. As soon as I did my girlfriend let out a scream because something jumped from the area right outside our tent and jumped into the trees right across from us. We both saw it at the same time before it darted behind the trees. It then stopped and looked back at us. 
It was about seven feet tall, muscular, and had a large head with long hair. The creature didn't seem aggressive but instead seemed curious as it stood there staring at us for what felt like a long time. It had yellow eyes that almost glowed in the dark and I feel I saw a mouth with sharp teeth. After standing there for a few seconds it turned and slowly walked away into the woods on the other side of the campground. I unzipped the tent flap all the way and stepped outside very cautiously. I looked in the direction that it had gone but I couldn't see anything in the dark. I stood there for a bit listening before I went back inside the tent and zipped it up. I was now doubting if we had really seen anything at all but at the same time, we both just laid there in our sleeping bags for several minutes not saying anything and barely breathing. We were both in shock at what had just happened. We stayed awake for probably the next two hours and we did both hear distant screaming noises a few times that night but somehow we both finally fell asleep although I have to admit I had dreams of being chased and running for my life through the forest. The next day when we all got up and were making breakfast I told my girlfriend's brother about what happened. I asked him if he had heard or seen anything at all. But he said he hadn't so it was looking as if only my girlfriend and I had experienced it. But later that day after a morning hike we were sitting in the cabin with her mom and dad when one of the campground managers came by with his dog. The dog looked like a German Shepherd mix. The dog was acting very strangely as if he had spotted or smelled something unusual in the area and was trying to pull his owner towards it. The manager passed the time a bit talking to us and checking in on us before finally asking if we had seen anything like a bear around recently saying that his dog seemed to be very interested in our area specifically. He was wondering what could possibly be up when we told him no. He seemed relieved but said that he had received a report from other campers that they had seen a large black bear in the area and that it was smart enough to have learned how to open up their locked food storage containers. I don't know if what we saw was a bear or not but I do know that bears don't usually stand 7 feet tall or walk on their back legs. I'm pretty sure bears are nocturnal, so there's that. What exactly? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Exactly did we see that night? I'm not sure, but it was definitely something very strange and out of the ordinary. My girlfriend and I are confident that it wasn't just a black bear but something much more and the fact that other campers had reported seeing something similar in the area lends credibility to our story.
After I graduated high school, I went on a 10-day-long backpacking trip with some friends of mine through the terrain of Utah and Arizona. One leg of this journey involved trekking for a couple days through the Paria Canyon or Buckskin Gulch system of slot canyons in southern Utah. The hike initially began without a hitch, it was really, really hot so getting deep into the canyons was a welcome respite from the heat. This particular season had been extremely dry. Normally, when you're trekking through this system of canyons you can expect to go through sections that have water. Some of these flooded section of canyons are so prevalent that they are named features, like the cesspool. When we went through, it was bone dry. We didn't even need to get our water shoes out. Now, what you need to know about slot canyons is that they are extremely prone to flash flooding, and thus can be extremely dangerous. Storms well over 50 miles away can send water cascading down these narrow, two foot wide in places canyons and giant walls over 100 feet high. Not a lot of wiggle room for torrents of water, or for a hiker trying to feebly run away from the wall of death behind them. A morbid reminder is the presence of these giant logs wedged between the canyon walls, dozens of feet above you, indicating the height to which flood levels rise. This also means you can't set up camp just anywhere. It is vital you find a sandbar elevated above the floor of the canyon in the sparse sections where the canyon widens out, just in case you're unlucky and a transient flood just so happens to pass through. You can tell it to be safe by the presence of vegetation growing on the tops, unable to be washed away by floods. But as I said, it had been really dry up to that point, so we weren't really worried about that. When we stopped for lunch about halfway through the trek, I looked up and noticed little cute cumulus clouds floating by. The deserts are known for their random thunderstorms. As we continued walking, the sky began becoming less and less blue percentage-wise, instead filling up with more and more gray. As it became overcast, there was a true sense of despair rising up within me. Total helplessness. In this sort of situation you have no control, there is nowhere to go, nowhere to run. I felt this vividly sad sense of acceptance, like as if a judge had sentenced me to death to be carried out that day, with no chance to tie up any loose ends in my life. This whole time my friends were oblivious to the dangers, and were joking, which made me feel worse due to the extreme juxtaposition of the situation, but I didn't really want to ruin their fun. And then it started drizzling. You know when people jokingly say they were so scared they shit their pants? As soon as I felt the drops on my cheeks, my bowels were seriously coming loose. That feeling of first date nervousness times 1000. I actually had to stop walking to regain composure and control of the muscles responsible for that function. At this point I pointed it out to my friends and the march down the canyon became a lot more serious. The drizzle continued for 20 minutes and this whole time I was listening intently to either ends of the canyon for the inevitable roar signaling our doom, fervently looking for little, green islands of safety. Thankfully, the drizzle abated, and the task at hand was to find a place to rest our poor bodies. But finally, after a physically exhausting trek of 22 miles in the sand, made mentally exhausting by failed pack winching up rock falls, resulting in major loss of water, and most of all the surreal drizzle scare, we finally reached a section of land that could accommodate all of us, about 10-ish. 
Too happy to put the trials of the day behind us, we wasted no time in getting dinner prepared and getting ready to turn in for the night. Little did we know. This was the start of the most bone-chilling experience I have ever had. To this day just the memory of it evokes a goosebump reaction similar to that which you get in horror movies. As we lay in our tents one of my friends told us all to shut up and listen to something he heard coming from one end of the canyon. He said that it sounded like a R whistle. Sure enough, there was some shrill noise faintly coming from where we had just trekked. We kind of wonder what the noise could be, and we thought maybe someone needed help. Maybe they broke an ankle or were cornered by an animal. I jokingly threw out the possibility that maybe it was the ghosts of the Native Americans angry at us for disturbing some sacred ground of theirs, and the sounds were of them tracking us through the canyon. Then a friend suggested maybe due to the shrill nature of the noise it was a banshee stalking us. As we were discussing the possibilities I heard something coming from the other end of the canyon. I pointed it out to the other guys and as we fell silent I could immediately tell it wasn't an echo due to the noise being in a completely different register, yet still very shrill. However, it was still rather faint. But then a third noise popped up, and a fourth. And all the while the noises were getting louder, and louder, and louder, and louder. As it got louder, it became far more human-like, but extremely angry. We were all scared shitless at this point, completely seriously referring to these noises as banshees. These sounds got so loud that eventually we couldn't hear ourselves talk, and the sound penetrated through our skulls into our thoughts. An endless barrage of extremely high-pitched screaming, yet with it all seemingly completely in harmony and slowly undulating, like the breath of the ocean. It took up all sensation and all feeling. The moonlit night flooded this canyon with light, revealing the patterns created by dark streaks on the sandstone walls. After a while the fear subsided, and the noise, with its extremely pervasive quality, along with the scenery, completely freed me from my mind's stream of conscious thought that was the source of all worry. It was hauntingly beautiful the way I remember it and this otherworldly sound we experienced in nature is what brings back the chills every time I think of it. As weird as it sounds I am so thankful to have had experienced them. I will remember them as long as I live. If anyone is able to find sources of this sound I will be forever grateful. My friend recorded it but lost his phone a couple months after the trip, and everyone I have asked since can't identify what may have caused this sound. I want to hear them again and relive that experience. I'm from Texas and my family has land on the Guadalupe River. I've been tormented by something out there for about 35 years and only recently came to realize that it's probably a Sasquatch family. Now that I know what they are I'm more annoyed than anything but still don't feel safe there at night and especially outside. I saw a child and an adult in about 1989 when I was sleeping outside on a trampoline. The child, about four and a half feet tall its shoulders just barely breached the top of the trampoline frame, woke me up by accident and I scared it I guess because I was so startled. I sat straight up from sleeping. I'm guessing it tried to touch me because that's just about the only thing that I can think of that would have caused me to jolt awake like that. It grunted. Then I saw something very tall and lanky run in the opposite direction to the trees. 
I then heard a loud humming noise that seemed to come from all directions and passed out. I have had multiple interactions over the years, mostly hearing them and seeing the red eyes, and hearing them scream. I believe it lives under a bridge on X during the day where I and others have seen it on a dare to walk through the dark tunnel when we were kids. We heard something moving and it turned to look at us and we saw the red eyes. It was screaming, absolutely terrifying. It was about 7 or 8 feet tall, we didn't see a silhouette, only its eyes. At night it roams up and down the property line back and forth to the river. Recently we've found odd things to mark trails like X's and branches stuck in fences, tricycles tied 5 feet high in a tree with vines, sheets tied around tree branches, and a dead animal in a tree next to a fort. The fort could be from kids or poachers because it's next to a park but I don't know. The fort and the animal in the tree area are where the sound came from the first time I heard it. To this day we are still hearing heavy deep breathing in the tree line, hearing strange bird noises in the middle of the night all around the house. And a few years ago I heard loud screaming on the river by the fort area. It sounded like a woman being hurt. I thought it was a mountain lion so I just went inside, it was terrifying. I had been working as a park ranger at Little Buffalo State Park in central Pennsylvania for about six months when I had my encounter. It was August of 2006. My partner and I were driving around the park at night to do a final check of the area for the evening. We were about halfway through our section of the park when we got a call from dispatch saying that there was a camper who wanted us to come out and take a look at his RV because he thought it had been vandalized or broken into. I told dispatch that we would be there shortly. We turned our vehicle around and we arrived at this campsite within 5 minutes or so. We found a gentleman in his mid-60s standing outside his RV and looking very nervous. He walked up to our truck and I asked him if we could please take a look at his camper. His behavior was very unusual and so he cautiously agreed and walked over to the camper with us following closely behind. He was very nervous and he kept looking around the entire time almost like he was expecting something to jump out. We took a quick look inside the camper and found nothing that appeared to be out of place or missing. I asked him if anything had been taken from inside and he said no but that there were some things that he thought were moved around during the short time he was gone. I looked around for another minute or so before telling him that we didn't see anything wrong. We thanked him for calling us and then we started walking back towards the truck. That's when my partner, who is an avid hunter, said to me, do you smell that? I stopped walking for a second because I honestly didn't notice any kind of odor other than the normal smell of a state park campground, mildew, pine needles, etc. My partner has spent many hours in the woods so he knows his smells. He told me that it smelled like something was trying to cover up its own scent and now that he said that that's when I noticed it too. It was a very light odor but definitely there. We looked around for another minute or so before my partner said I think we need to get out of here. We got into our truck and drove off towards the main area of the park which is about one mile away from where we were at the campsite. We navigated our way up a path and as soon as we got onto the main road that travels through the park we both saw it. It looked like a 7 to 8 foot tall creature walking along the road. 
I was driving so I didn't get a good look at it but my partner saw it walk out onto the road in front of us. It then quickly crossed to the other side where there was more vegetation and trees. He said that he could only see the backside as it walked across the road but that it had very wide shoulders, almost too wide for its body. He also said that he thought he could see long black hair covering its arms and shoulders but he wasn't sure because it was dark. We drove around looking for this thing for about an hour. We had no luck finding anything else unusual so we eventually gave up and returned to the office. The next day I couldn't stop thinking about it so I went back to the site by myself in hopes of finding any evidence of what we saw or smelled there. But we found nothing out of place or unusual in any way. I decided to just move on and not focus on it since no concrete evidence could be found. I've heard of other encounters in this area as well which makes me believe that there is something going on out here for sure. Also, there have been sightings reported from this area all the way over to Harrisburg. Anyway, that's my story. I'm not here to convince anybody that what I saw was real but I know that what I saw and smelled was real. Also, there have been several reports of dead deer in the area, deer that are torn apart but not eaten. Now that's very unusual, to say the least, so I'm wondering if this is all connected somehow. The most common theory among hunters around here is that something is killing deer just for sport and then covering up its tracks or scent with another odor to mask its own. I can't quite figure out how that would work but that's what some people are saying. In the end, I'm not sure exactly what I think is going on. A military man, Jay, went outside to have a smoke. He lives in the hills surrounding Deadwood, South Dakota. He spotted two kids walking up a hill. They stopped and looked at Jay, which spooked him. They were wearing dark hoodies and looked very strange. They turned and started to walk in Jay's direction. As they approached, Jay could plainly see that their eyes were completely black. They started to cross the street walking directly towards Jay, who introduced himself to them. They continued to advance toward him without saying a word. Frightened, he retreated into the house. Inside, he asked his wife if she heard him talking to the kids. She never heard anything. They soon went to bed. Jay then noticed one of the boys outside his window. He rushed to bolt the front door, as one of them was there too. He never made it to the door. For whatever reason, he turned around and went back to the bedroom, where he saw the boy standing outside his window. He went to grab his pistol. He wanted to scare them off. He assumed they were wearing masks. One was at the window and another was at the door. He was extremely scared now. The next thing he remembered was waking up in bed. His wife informed him that he had been gone for an hour and a half. I did hear the door open and close. You weren't there. She told him. Jay had left the house at 4 a.m. and didn't return home until around 5.30 a.m. He rose out of bed and looked at his slippers on the floor beside him. The slippers were wet and a bit muddy. There were wet spots on the hallway and bedroom floor as well. He didn't remember anything other than seeing the black-eyed kid at the window, then waking in his bed later. Was Jay abducted by these black-eyed kids? What did they want?
I don't like to talk about this incident or even have any thoughts about it because I really feel like whatever I saw could still possibly be watching me or following me in some way but I feel like in this community I could get some answers. On July 7th of last year my boyfriend and I decided to go to a lake called Boiling Springs located in central Pennsylvania to do a late night photo shoot because he wanted to do something special for me on my birthday. We got to the lake around 11.30 pm and surprisingly when we got there we both were calm, happy and ready to take some pictures. I felt zero negative feelings or any type of negative presence in the air. We took some at the pool house and then we eventually made it to the lake area. We decided to lay down a blanket by a very old sycamore tree and watch the stars. Still, no feeling of negative presence and my body was on zero alert of having to fight or flight. To the left of us and more so behind us there was a gathering of brush and trees where it was completely dark and you couldn't see in. We were casually laughing and talking until all of a sudden we heard what we thought were dogs, then coyotes and then they started to whimper as if they were being attacked or in pain. I said what is that? I then started to be more alert. Probably just a neighbor's dog he said. Probably about 5 minutes after the whimpering stopped I heard something heavy being dragged through the brush towards us. I got up on my knees with my heart beating out of my chest. I said get up. My boyfriend just kept sitting there still not very phased. About 10 seconds later I looked through the brush more and about only 8 feet away from me knelt a glowing white, bone thin being on all fours digging in the dirt below it. Now, I don't have the best vision so about 3 different theories went through my head at once. Deer? Wolf? Person? Then my stomach dropped and tears welled in my eyes and my gut told me that whatever it was was not any of these. My body and mind told me that this was not something that I've seen before or have ever encountered or even of this earth or dimension. I don't even remember getting up from the blanket but my body jolted up and I started crying what is that? I have never felt that level of fear. And the weirdest part? No response. Just kept digging and digging with its white front limbs. I wanted to scream but nothing came out. I thought I was going to pass out. I ran over behind the sycamore tree close to us, yet my boyfriend stayed sitting on the blanket but I could tell he was terrified too. What are you? He yelled. When he said what and not who I knew that what we were looking at. Was no human and not even an animal. It stopped digging. Didn't look over at us but talked in a language neither of us have ever heard. It sounded ancient, like no one had spoken that dialect for centuries. My boyfriend asked what? No response. He then asked are you a trail hiker? Slight pause then it said in a deep bone chilling voice yes. Nothing after. He then nervously said oh ha are you traveling north or south? South. Still no more exchange of words until my boyfriend finally knew this wasn't right and stood up fast and said. Well sorry my girlfriend and I were in your space. We're leaving now. At this point I had tears streaming down my face, my heart was vibrating my entire body and I could barely even move normally because of how much fear had taken over my body. Somehow we still managed to gather our things and run back to our car. We didn't say a word to each other until we got to the car. I honestly don't even remember the drive home but I do remember I couldn't stop laughing from disbelief. It was almost like I disassociated on the ride home.
The next day was my birthday and I was home alone in the morning. It was a sunny day, no clouds in the sky, but still I was alone and I felt like I was being watched. I went out and did errands before my birthday celebration and went to my salon just to be in public and around people. An old co-worker of mine was someone I confided in about it and she actually grew up in Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. She told me that she remembers there were random reports of cattle being multilatted and even UFO sightings as well. She told me to never go back there at night. Check the pictures you took that night. I've been told many times. I've checked and checked and there's nothing odd about any of them and no sighting of the creature. This was a life-changing event for me. It's something that will never leave my mind. The core feeling I felt when I saw it digging in the ground just a few feet away from me, I'll never forget. I think the most sickening aspect about this whole situation is that it was the eve of my birthday. That's just too personal and too ironic since we used to go there for months before that incident at night. Please everyone comment your thoughts. I would love to hear feedback from people who have had encounters as well. Other incidents have happened since then, nothing that raw or unsettling but more evidence that I have been marked. Everyone be safe and thank you for giving your time to read about my encounter. So two of my friends snuck out last summer and took a walk listening to music. Decided to sit down on the road and talked a bit, and they both heard a distant scream that sounded pretty similar to an elk screech but for like one second in duration. So they turned off the music and saw a huge humanoid horse looking thing sprint out of this forest into a field. And they said it was running really fast like 40 miles per hour. They said it was kind of hunched and had a limp. Was lean but muscular, and was completely pale or gray and naked. They both sprinted home and facetimed each other. When they got home and told me and a few others about it the next day. I was in disbelief so I snuck out on my bike the next night with my other friend and met up with the two original people along with some others and went looking for it. We heard the noises they described and me and my one friend saw a pale Bigfoot looking creature walk in front of someone's barn. Light like 300 yards away but we're not sure. We continued to do this for a few nights and one of them was walking to meet up with us alone to go looking for it and had seen it like 5 times on the walk there sometimes like 20 feet in front of him. We probably all went looking for it like 6 or 7 times in total. The last time we went looking we all saw it and it was super tall like 8 to 10 feet. Super fast, and had these glowing eyes you could see from a mile away. I'm pretty sure I also saw it have these long greasy locks or strands of hair about shoulder length. Looked like a mix between a crawler, Aaron Yeager Titan form, and Jeff the Killer. It was creepy. And when it was on pavement you could hear clopping noises like it had hooves or something. Aside from this, I was on a late night gas station walk later that summer with two of my friends at 3 in the morning, and on our way back we saw something run or hobble across the road about 70 yards in front of us and it looked pretty similar. However it was much smaller, maybe 5 feet tall but I could see it being maybe 7 feet if it was standing fully upright. Does anybody have an idea of what this massive thing could be? This was in rural northeast Ohio. Edit, was reading this over and forgot to add, 
We were walking on the way back to my friend's house one of the nights and behind somebody's house we heard the noise of a baby crying in the woods. Couldn't have been mistaken for anything else but a baby. My name is Tanya, and I am a teacher at a local school. One evening, after visiting a fellow teacher and friend, I began my journey home. To reach the bus stop, I had to traverse a forest track. Little did I know that this ordinary walk would soon become an extraordinary experience. As I made my way through the peaceful woods, a faint voice reached my ears. I halted, my curiosity peaked, scanning my surroundings for the source of the call. And there, just a few steps away, stood a small humanoid figure. It was unlike anything I had ever encountered before. The creature wore a tight-fitting black overall, resembling a diver's suit. To my astonishment, it communicated with me telepathically. The being introduced itself as a traveler, akin to the astronauts or cosmonauts of our own world, having journeyed from a distant corner of space. It sought my advice or, perhaps, my assistance. Despite the strangeness of the situation, I felt an overwhelming sense of calm and curiosity instead of fear. Compelled by intrigue, I agreed to accompany the enigmatic visitor to its spacecraft. Together, we veered off the beaten path, venturing deeper into the dense pine forest. And then, before me, loomed a colossal silver object resembling a flattened egg, towering like a medium-sized truck. It lacked wings or windows, its form defying conventional understanding. With a simple hand gesture from the alien, an invisible hatch materialized, revealing an entrance into the craft. Stepping inside, I found myself in a cabin devoid of visible controls or mechanical instruments. The creature motioned for me to settle into a deep armchair, which felt strangely inflatable and unnatural. As I sat, I scrutinized the alien more closely, noticing the details that had escaped me earlier. Its hands possessed six fingers, a peculiar trait. Its expressionless face seemed almost doll-like, and its mouth moved out of sync with its speech, reminiscent of a puppet. The alien explained that the interaction between us held immense significance for both scientific understanding and the advancement of civilization, both on Earth and its own planet. Astonishingly, it proposed a most extraordinary proposition, to engage in intimacy with the purpose of conception. It assured me of its unwavering commitment to care for me and our future child, offering assistance during critical times through imperceptible means. Months later, my child was born, evoking concerns among doctors due to his unique physical attributes. Yet, these worries soon dissipated as he thrived and grew, appearing outwardly ordinary except for a few peculiarities. His eyes lacked lacrimal glands, and his breathing became shallow during sleep. To ensure his well-being, I even secured a job at a nearby kindergarten to keep a watchful eye on him. In 1992, a local newspaper correspondent had the opportunity to meet the boy and hear his story. According to the journalist's account, when sunlight graced his eyes, they emitted a red glow akin to a Siamese cat, with his pupils transforming into vertical slits. Remarkably, the boy possessed a mature countenance resembling that of a Lilliputian. During their extensive conversation lasting four hours, the boy revealed that, besides myself, 
The journalist was the first person he had confided in regarding his extraordinary origins. He spoke with confidence, saying, I am unafraid of our secret because my father will protect me from harm. I carry his knowledge and experience, inherited even before my birth. In some aspects, I embody his individuality, not just in flesh and blood. The boy, however, declined to demonstrate his abilities but hinted at changes within his own body, including temporary transparency. He expressed a desire to share his wisdom with those willing to help humanity, including the people of Russia, to navigate through challenging times. According to him, humanity stood on the precipice of an evolutionary leap, faced with the choice to embrace transformation or fade from the cosmos. He emphasized ecological concerns, the struggle to adapt to new technologies, and overpopulation. Moreover, the boy proclaimed that all religions were essentially one and urged the inhabitants of Earth to renew their consciousness, akin to ancient mystics and prophets, becoming spiritually awakened individuals living in harmony with the divine laws. In the second phase of his experiment, he aspired to determine if the qualities of Earth's inhabitants could be inherited much like his father's qualities. With positive changes occurring on Earth, the boy believed his father's planet and its civilization could eventually join forces with ours. The story of this extraordinary encounter continues to intrigue and challenge the bounds of our understanding. It serves as a reminder that the universe holds wonders beyond our comprehension, offering glimpses into a realm where the extraordinary and the ordinary coexist in fascinating harmony. I did my undergrad at this tiny little college in the middle of a mountain range. Literally miles and miles of woods on every side. I think about 100 acres was technically the school's property, but except for the weird high security facility a few miles to the east, none of the neighbors cared if kids went hiking onto their property as long as they weren't destructive, and wore bright colors during hunting season. Had a kid the year above me get a calf full of birdshot after running into their property with a turkey call. Anyways. The point is, there is or was a lot of woods, and a lot of trail markers. My, now ex, still very violent or nutty, fiancé was in a grad program in the city, so we were living apart. I was planning on going on a quick two-mile walk through the woods on a well-marked trail, just to see the lake, de-stress from midterms, etc. Relationship was extremely rocky at this point, and I get a phone call right before I start the trail, what it was about doesn't matter, the important part was that it was essentially a napalm bomb to the heart and my trust in humanity. Not trying to be dramatic, I was just a sensitive kid. So I took off sprinting down the trailhead, tears running down my face. Figured I'd take a slightly different trail that goes up a steep incline and maybe just burn myself out. It works, kind of. I'm catching my breath and still sobbing, and I hear a group of people on the trail headed towards me. Not wanting to be known as the crying girl in the woods and not entirely in my right mind, I took off running in a random direction, passing a lot of the tree houses and forts that people make in the woods, telling myself I know where I am and that I hike these woods often and can find my way back to either the trail entrance or to the road. I jumped two creeks, which in hindsight, should have stopped me, because that meant I was straying way off campus. But I kept going, 
slipping on branches and then picking a new direction to run in. I was a dumb kid. I was a really dumb kid. There were a couple turkey vultures following me which wasn't too surprising. Kids left food out pretty often so they tended to be watchful. On long hikes by myself I'd often sing to them when they tagged along. I started getting tired and slowed down to a walk, heading towards a small clearing with some toppled birch trees to sit on. My face was all messed up and my hair had little sticks and leaves in it but I wasn't crying anymore. I lit a cigarette and stared at the ground and felt pretty damn sorry for myself. At some point I stopped feeling pretty damn sorry for myself and started feeling jumpy, kind of tingly, and everything I saw had this new level of sharpness and clarity to it. It wasn't really a feeling that I was being watched, more like I was somewhere I really, really didn't belong. It was starting to get dark, I had no cell service, the only thing I had on me besides my phone was a lighter, pack of cigarettes, and small pocket knife. Shorts t-shirt, light windbreaker. I was literally search and rescue's worst nightmare. Trying to calm myself down, I tried to find any trail markers. None. Didn't recognize anything around me, couldn't hear any running water, and was too turned around to know where the road was. It was getting pretty chilly, and the woods were starting to make that sound that I can only describe as teeming. I didn't want to wander in a random direction, but the feeling of dread kept getting stronger and stronger so I slowing started walking. Started hearing things, mostly whispers, which I figured I was hallucinating due to dehydration or exhaustion. And then, the shadows. It was the strangest thing, these tall thin shadows being cast on the trees, I would have chalked it up to the sunset but the movement of them was unnatural, and I kept catching them in the corner of my eye. They kind of swayed? or kind of jumped? It was a strange juxtaposition between how thoroughly creeped out I was and how pretty the sunset was that night. I remember looking at the sky, trying to calm myself down and pick a direction that felt right. But no direction felt right. I kept getting turned around, heard a few distinctive twig snaps in the distance. A wicked chill ran down my spine and at this point I wasn't thinking eldritch forest elves, I was thinking bobcat or black bear started sniffling and crying silently again because I knew I had messed up. I was fifty shades of paranoid, dehydrated, and I pray to God hallucinating. And then I heard a rustle of wings that just about scared the shit out of me and I looked up and there was the vulture. Just looking at me. I was so out of it that I think I asked it for help. It stared at me for a few more seconds and then took off. It landed on a branch a few meters away and stared at me doing the angry feather fluff thing that they do. Walked up to the tree it was perched in, and it took off again and landed on another branch a ways away. So I did what any sane person would do in that situation and follow the vulture. The feeling of dread slowly wore away and I started feeling okay. It was such a polite vulture, waiting for me to catch up and then flying off again. I don't remember how long I followed it, just that it was a while and even when it was getting really twilight dusky out I still felt safe. I started recognizing landmarks, glacial boulders, the tree forts, and could hear voices up ahead. The vulture lead me a few more meters, right onto the main trail, and then stayed put. I thanked it, apologized, and made my way towards the group of people camped out. 
I knew a bunch of the kids, they freaked out, I was promptly handed hot tea and french fries. They asked how the hell I made my way out there and I just shrugged. I didn't feel like sharing about the vulture, and when I tried to spot him again he'd flown off. Here's the real scary part of the story though, no one realized I was gone. I lived alone, and my friends had assumed that I wasn't answering texts because I was studying. It was also a Friday, meaning that no one would have even thought it strange I was gone, as I often left to the city without telling anyone for the weekend. Essentially, no one would have even started looking until Monday, at which point I might have been either bobcat food or a sacrifice to the dear God. So thank you, my kind, kind vulture friend. Vultures are hands down my favorite animals now. I recently received a telephone call from a friend of an eyewitness who was born and raised in a northwest suburb of Chicago, Illinois. The only specific location reference was given as near the Des Plaines River. The eyewitness deed discussed multiple sightings from 1978 through 1988 while he lived there as a boy. The sightings would usually occur at dusk and would continue throughout the night and there were at least two winged creatures always seen flying in a wide circle at an altitude of 500 to 600 feet. The creatures were silhouetted against the clouds that were backlit by the city lights. The description of these creatures was that there was no head or neck that could be seen. They had long, thick tails but no legs or feet were visible. The huge wings had no feathers but were membraned similar to that of a dragon or pterosaur. Apparently, the neighborhood residents were well aware of the nightly sightings. When I was 18 my then boyfriend and I were outside and we heard footsteps so we got scared and ran inside. When we finally worked up the nerve to go back out so he could leave, I reached for the doorknob and the doorknob started shaking and there was a simultaneous loud knocking on the door. We started screaming of course and went and woke up my father who went outside with the gun and nothing was there. My father has lived there for 60 years and isn't one that believes in paranormal anything. He makes comments about the noises and had someone tear down the crosses in the fence after I told him about what I had learned. He would never admit it but I'm sure he's probably seen things too.